0: Hello, welcome to Bestsellers. I'm Phil Williams
1: And I'm Natalie Jameson.
0: And today we're going to do one of these, what we've been reading Because as well as reading for the podcast, we try and read widely Or weed widely, depending on how you want to pronounce that <laughs> um, So we've got some other books to tell you that won't necessarily feature the authors But we thought, well, we'd like to tell you about these books So I think I've they got probably... They might feature the
1: authors, you never know You never know Like a good, would you call it when it's just like the letters, an acronym?
0: Acronym, yeah.
1: Acronym, yeah. an ac- an acronym.
0: So it's an, an acronym. 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 Yeah. I always
1: get that one wrong. Uh, so W W B R. It's a bit rubbish, isn't it?
0: What would something read?
1: What we've been reading.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, <laughs> I don't think it's going to catch on.
0: It's not going to catch on because it's too similar to the, the kind of W WW- Blank D, which is what would so-and-so do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. TBR? I often think when I'm trying to be a better person, what would Natalie do?
1: How oh, do you? Yeah, yeah, the common one.
0: As I'm honking around the hall <laughs> two lanes of traffic. <laughs> right, I'm starting because I've discovered a book um, and I'm really proud of it and I want to tell you about it and I want to tell you how I came to it. There is a bookstore that Diary of a Wimpy Kid author Jeff Kinney owns and runs. And they're lovely, lovely people. They're called An Unlikely Story. Uh, Melissa, the owner there, has been very kind to us. And she arranged for Father Christmas to deliver a wimpy kid signed calendar to my eldest boy, um, which was just – he was so thrilled. And so in the books, I've started following them on Instagram. And all their staff do recommendation videos. So this is one of the guys who works in the shop. And I'm really sorry to you because I didn't look up your name before I came on. um, And he flagged this book called Martyr exclamation mark, by Kaveh Akbar, K-A-V-E-H, A-K-H-B-A-R. So I thought, right, okay, interesting. Sounds interesting. And then I read a separate thing, and I can't remember the second source, but there was a second source unrelated to the bookstore and said, this book is a game changer. So I've got access to it. I've got you access to it as well. So you've you've got this. And I'm 60 pages in. I just love it. It's just fantastic. It's about a, a guy called Cyrus who seems to have, addiction issues and feels the world's a bit against him and then you start to get a bit of backstory from, from the family uh, but it also it's really that sounds quite bleak it's really funny it's really acidically funny and quite cutting sense of humor in there and so you're reading this and it's kind of like yeah i mean i'm invested i don't know where it's going i don't know what Cyrus, what's going to happen but it's brilliantly written because it's acerbically funny one minute and then gut-wrenchingly sad the next and it's perfect and it's called Martha, And I don't know any more about it because I'm only 16. But I'm telling you, I've got that feeling that you get when you're excited by a novel. I've got that feeling with this book.
1: It's a good feeling. And also, I think it's really interesting to hear, you know, again, with apologies to the, by all accounts, lovely person who posted about this originally on social media that you saw from that yeah. great bookstore. What's the name of the bookstore again?
0: An Unlikely Story.
1: An Unlikely Story. But it just shows how brand marketing can work, right? Because you then start seeing it and you recognise that name and then you're like, oh, I've seen that somewhere else. So Mm. sometimes it doesn't even matter what people have said about something. You're just like, it's lodged in your brain and then you're like, oh yeah, maybe I will check it out. So that's worked really well.
0: Yeah, very much so. Very much hoping to speak to the author on this podcast soon.
1: So what is the score with that book? Is it out yet or is it coming
0: out? Ah, that's a good question. I'm glad you asked that question because I forgot to mention that. It's out already in America and then here... 7th of March. So it's next week or so.
1: Great. I'm I'm intrigued to start reading that very soon. Uh that is definitely on my next to read list. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. The first book that I'm going to mention this week is one that's already out. It's been out for a few years, uh, and it's called Mr. Wilder and Me by Jonathan Coe. And this oh, was I don't know if you've seen this. I think I've dipped too. into this. <laughs> So this was a Christmas present to me from my best mate, Neris. And uh, she's a huge fan of Jonathan Coe's writing and um, has shared lots of books of his over the years. And this one is set in the late 70s. It's one of those stories that is fictional, but rooted in real events. So it's the late 70s. And uh, there's this chance meeting in California between this young woman, Callista, and uh, the film director Billy Wilder and somehow Callista then ends up being employed as a Greek translator on the Greek set of Billy Wilder's latest film that he is shooting which is called Fedora and Billy Wilder was this incredible film director that you may have seen lots of his films like Some Like It Hot. The Apartment, uh, Sunset Boulevard, Sabrina, he did as well. The Front Page, I think, was one of his, because so many, like Double Indemnity, quite a prolific and great film director, working sort of throughout the... Second World War and and upwards and even before then he was writing writer director too and this imagines what it's like when you've got somebody starting out at their career so through Callista's eyes and she wants to be a musician and doesn't really know that being a film musician is something that could be accessible to her and then you've got Billy Wilder who's sort of in the twilight waning of his career but still just as passionate about film and passionate about the stories he wants to tell and this is all kind of tied up in this. Complex. Again, this is not a spoiler, but the the sort of added layer of this is because he's at this latter stage of his career, he hasn't found it easy to get a film made, to get it financed, especially because you know what Hollywood's like? You're only as good as your last film that you did, your last thing that you made. So his latest movie is financed with German money, and they end up going to Munich. And as part of that, Billy Wilder starts to unpack some of his personal history. And it's just beautifully written and it's so evocative. Uh, it is being We're recording this uh, in February 2024 and the film of this book is being filmed, being shot this year, I think, um, directed by Stephen Frears and it's going to star Christoph Waltz as Billy Wilder. Mm,
0: okay. Right, right.
1: And Maya Hawke, who is an incredible actress. Um, she is going to play Callista in it. Um, John Turturro is going to be in it. John Hamm's going to be in it. Yeah, so if you if you want to kind of, if you haven't read this book yet.
0: You want to get ahead of the curve. Yeah, if you're yeah. somebody
1: who wants to read it before the, the film comes out. The book's always better, isn't it? It's mm. always better. Yeah, you'll have plenty of time because the film won't be out for, I'm going to guess, next year. But so that's called? Mr. Wilder and Me by Jonathan
0: Coe. Interesting. Right. Okay. yeah, Check that out.
1: You have dipped into it or not?
0: I dipped into a Jonathan Cohen. I don't know if it's that one or the one before. Okay. I think it's probably the one before because um, I just remember it was being set around Bourneville, which is obviously near Cadbury, near where I grew up. Yeah, not this one. So I thought that won't be this one. And then when you started listing Billy Wilder's films there, I'm going, she hasn't mentioned Stir Crazy yet or See No Evil, Hear No Evil. And then I realised I was (laughs) thinking of Gene Wilder. (laughs) Yeah, different, different people. Getting me wild as mixed up. Yeah. Uh, right, next book I want to mention to you. By the time you're listening to this, I will have hosted An Evening with Lorraine Kelly in Chester, but it hasn't happened yet. And I'm still finishing her new novel, which I think, I believe, is her debut foray into fiction. So she's written kind of nonfiction books before. And this is called The Island Swimmer. And it's set across several timelines but when we join it in um, 2004, Evie needs her friend Freya's help to get away. We're not quite sure what from yet. Um, and then quite soon on to the story, Evie's dad, Duncan, dies. And what you get is basically you're getting a family tree through three or four timelines. Mm-hmm. Um, and Evie's got a sister called Liv, who, and they don't see eye to eye. And there's a disagreement over the father's will. And there's friction there. And we keep being told, because of what you've done, Evie, but we don't yet know what Evie's done. And there's a few other things going on there that I won't spoil as well. Can um, I just say
1: already I'm feeling for Evie? I feel Evie yeah. may have been like wrongly maligned yeah. Yeah, in yeah, this yeah. situation.
0: And it's all set in Orkney, all set up up in Orkney in Scotland. And um, you can tell that Lorraine Kelly knows this area really well because the area plays quite a key part of, of the evocative scenes in this. Is the and...
1: scenery a character in its own right, Philip?
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah is
1: that one of your questions for for Lorraine
0: no I hope to be less <laughs> Um but yeah it's uh it's called the island swimmer and uh, I can't tell you much more because again I've still got some work to do on that book before the event but it's intriguing it's intriguing as to what's going on and so it's not quite I'm trying to think it's a it's a family story that's probably the best way to describe it it's not quite a full out and out thriller but there are things unknown that you want to get to the bottom of. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd, I'd mention that just because that's what, you know, what you've been reading. I have been reading that. I've been reading it for an event and I'm I'm intrigued and curious by it. And I need to finish it. So like, I kind of feel like it's a bit vague news there, but it's definitely worth checking out.
1: So I also bring you a family drama next, but it's more in the romantic comedy arena. And this is by an author called Millie Johnson, who some of you may have hopefully read some of her books before because she's quite, prolific and her latest book is called The Happiest Ever After and this has just come out Um, so it's newly out in hardback and I think hopefully we might be able to get to speak to Millie on this very podcast and it was one of those books that I thought I knew what it was going to be before I started reading it Because it's about a woman, Polly, um, who I'm not entirely sure of her age. She's sort of around 40-ish, I think. But her husband's cheated on her. He hasn't appreciated her for ages. She really loves her job. And she used to have this brilliant mentor at work in this um, sales kind of recovery job that she does. But there's a new boss who's patronizing and awful. She secretly started a creative writing class where she's writing her first book. It's about a young woman well not a young one, it's about a woman who leaves her old life behind and finds herself again in the process and then something happens and I haven't quite got to that bit yet but something happens and Polly, uh, the main character that we're following in this story, she suddenly believes that she is the character she's been writing about and she assumes that lifestyle um, and I was kind of quite into it from that premise anyway and then I'm about 70 pages in and it's just so warm and funny, but also really biting in some places too. It's one, you know, it's one of those books where you kind of you're reading, you're like, oh, this is really lovely. I'm really enjoying this. I like the characters. I like the setup. I there are properly comedic sentences that are put in there for to make you laugh and smile, but they'll be accompanied by a really prescient societal note about how people treat each other. So it sort of throws you off a little bit in a really good way. Does it feel nice? It feels great. Yeah, it feels really good. And it is one of those books where, you know, we're recording this, it's raining outside. It's quite grey and miserable. I haven't had the best week at all. And I was just really happy to spend some time with this book, get a cuppa, sit down, enjoy these characters, enjoy this world that Millie Johnson has created and see where this woman's going to end up and it's kind of I think it's one of those stories which often happens with romantic fiction is that I think you probably know where it's going you know there's going to be a good ending it's not a book that's going to hugely shock you in that sense because you need that satisfying payoff but I really love the way it's going and I and I'm very happy to go on this ride and get there
0: I remember years ago now seeing Sandra Bullock on the Jonathan Ross show Mm -hmm. talking about the proposal which I know we both love yeah and she said, look, basically what you've got to accept with the rom-com is that they are going to get together at the end. So you've got to make the journeys for them getting together. Different, interesting, funny, yeah. hard, whatever. You know, that's where the storyline is. And, I, and when she put it like that, I, I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, there is that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can only think of a couple where they don't get together. Do you know what I mean? The mm-hmm. famous one, of course, being 500 Days of Summer.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I don't know in this book if, I don't know if this main character, Polly, is going to... Find new romance. She's going to be happy staying by herself, separated from her husband. If she's going to rekindle with her husband, I don't think so. Because um, he doesn't sound very nice at all. And he's already cheated on one. that. Yeah. Yeah. He's a wrong and he thinks that he's kind of like treating people well, but he's having his cake and eating it. So he can um. bog off. Um, and <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is kind of about that, right? But I think sometimes people are quite sniffy about romantic fiction because. You know, like I said at the start, I I thought I knew what I was getting with this book, but it's so well written and it's so beautifully put together that, yeah, don't underestimate authors. You know, if you see a cover and you're like, oh, I'm not sure if that's for me, like try it, because
0: odds are the reading,
1: the writing is going to be great.
0: Also, yeah, no, I will say this. I hesitated because I didn't want to, I don't want to diddle authors out of coin, but there's no excuse these days because online you can get at least 30 pages sample of every novel that comes out. I do it on iBooks. I think I think the Google Store does it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you can have a free dip in. You don't have to. It's not like it's. all oh, well, good you saying that, Natalie. But we're not all made of money. Well, you don't need to spend that money because no. you can. You can have it. You get a feel of thirty pages. Yeah, I, I famously have a thirty page test, don't I? You do. It's book. a bit
1: annoying sometimes.
0: <laughs> well, but because uh, I'm always right. No. <laughs> 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 so yeah, you know, take Natalie's advice. Have you 30 pages for free. If you like it, go and buy it.
1: Yeah, or go to a library. Libraries are great as well. I think post-pandemic, sometimes libraries get a bit forgotten and obviously there aren't as many around as they used to be, which uh, Yeah, I think that's why they
0: get forgotten. But you know our local ones are astonishingly good. Yeah. And and we're always in there with the kids getting stuff left, right and centre. Oh, always so well done for saying that because I completely forget to think about the library and it's bad, I shouldn't.
1: Libraries are brilliant. And also they do recognise authors too. So you do get, um, I can't remember what the scheme is, but there is a way that authors get paid with books that get sold to libraries and get read loads, and that's all good.
0: Title of the Millie Johnson book again?
1: Millie Johnson, The Happiest Ever After.
0: My next one is I'm kind of kind of bending what we've been reading because this is on my to-be-read pile. Hmm. I haven't dipped into it yet, but we know it's going to be good because I've dipped into the rest of the series, as have you, Natalie Jameson. And this is the new Anthony Horowitz called Close to Death, This is due out in the UK, 11th of April. And it's another in the Hawthorne series, which I remember when he first did this and and I was talking to him about it. I love Anthony a lot, as you probably know. And I said to him, what? So you're putting yourself in the book as you, but as a character? And he went, yeah. And I went, man, that's (laughs) audacious. But he totally gets away with it. So if you've not read any of these, Hawthorne's kind of this um, obnoxious, high intellect detective who's very good at solving stuff. He's like an arse of Sherlock Holmes, basically. So he sees it all before everyone else. And he's asked Anthony Horowitz, who he calls Tony. He hates being called Tony in real life. Uh, he asks him to document his work, right? That's the role that Anthony has given himself within the book. Uh, but then it, Anthony ends up getting involved in solving some of the crimes. So that's the series so far. The latest one is called Close to Death. And um, oh, I should say, by the way, if you get on the first print run of this, there's a collector's edition available, which features a gold foiled design underneath the dust jacket. And that's exclusive to the first run. So if you're into, I quite like stuff like that. I, you, I like love
1: that. you. You mentioned that all the time. You are such a yeah, fan of a sprayed uh, yeah. edge. or Sprayed or a,
0: edge, a gold for cover. anything special. <laughs> I mean, I mean, um, so the, the plot synopsis for this is Richmond upon Thames, one of the most desirable areas to live in London and Riverview close, a quiet gated community seems to offer its inhabitants the perfect life. At least it does until Giles Kenworthy moves in with his wife and noisy children, his four gas-guzzling cars, his loud parties, and his plans for a new swimming pool in his garden. And you can't help but think, I wonder if this has happened to Anthony Horowitz. Yeah,
1: sounds like it, right?
0: This this book has been prompted by a disgruntled neighbour. Question mark. I don't know that for sure. Hopefully we'll get to find out. His neighbours all have a reason to hate him and are soon up in arms. When Kenworthy is shot dead with a crossbow bolt through his neck, all of them come under suspicion and his murder opens the door to lies, deception and further death. The police are baffled. Reluctantly, they call in former Detective Daniel Hawthorne, but even he's faced with a seemingly impossible puzzle. How do you solve a murder when everyone has the same motive? Somebody's got to have a
1: good arm, though, right, for a crossbow. That's like... That's got a big kickback.
0: Yeah. Never done it myself. I don't like them. I find them quite menacing. And, you know, on stag do's now, you can go on things where you can fire crossbows. And I'm like, why would can you, you? Want to
1: do that? Can't mm. say I've ever fired a crossbow. I've done archery and I assume it's similar, but maybe with more taut.
0: If you've never fired it, you should get rid of it, really. It's no point keeping it if you're not Oh,
1: really it's so funny. <laughs> so funny.
0: So that's out in April.
1: Great. And, yeah, I love chatting to Anthony Horowitz. I'm pretty sure the first time we spoke to him on this podcast, he said he'd we'd, we'd meet up for lunch. That has yet to happen.
0: Yeah. Have you chased it? No, have you? No. Well, but don't moan about it. You know what I mean?
1: (laughs) I'm pretty sure Anthony Horowitz does not need us going. "Uh, Remember, like a few years ago, you said we should like totally. I thought you were going to say, I'm
0: pretty sure he's got other people to have lunch with. I mean, I'm sure if you (laughs) asked him, he wouldn't decline. He's a very polite man.
1: He is a very polite man. But yeah, no. It's well, it'll maybe it'll happen one day. Uh, Okay. I will put on my to-be-read pile. And this is only because James, my husband, has nicked it first. It is a book, which I think you're probably going to like the sound of too, Phil, called Mm -hmm. Quint by Robert Lautner.
0: Called what? Quint?
1: Quint. Q-U-I-N-T by Robert Lautner. L-A-U-T-N-E-R. Get this tagline. Before there was Jaws, there was Quint.
0: Is Quint a shark?
1: No, Quint is the man, the the old, gnarled sea oh, captain. Of course it is. It's yeah. um, is Robert, it Robert Shaw. Har-
0: Robert Shaw's character, yeah. yeah.
1: Exactly, the one who does that incredible uh, USS Indianapolis story about yeah, so many yeah, men yeah. went into the water. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so it's basically his origin story. Wow.
0: And has that been licensed then? Is it an authorised? Yeah.
1: yeah, it is. Um, so there is a story behind it. Yeah, so it's literally just come out. So this is out in hardback and um, it's from his time as a young sailor facing the horrors of the sinking of the USS Indianapolis to a deadly night-long showdown with a frenzy of sharks years later before he finally settles on the island of Amity. But I mention it too because it's just such um a juicy character that character of Quint and I also went to see a few years ago now but hopefully it might do another run here at some point or it might be one of those things that you'll get to see like an on-demand version but there was a play as well called the shark is broken I interviewed Ian Shaw yes yeah so Ian Shaw Robert Shaw's son yeah. and he played yeah. his dad um, yeah. and wrote this play about the making of Jaws and the camaraderie and um, frenemies and tensions behind the scenes between uh, Richard Dreyfus and Roy Scheider and Robert Shaw and the shark, which kept breaking.
0: Sounded wild.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was a brilliant play. It was so well written um, and so well performed. So yeah, this book is called Quint by Robert Lautner and my husband's loving it. Uh, I am next to read it.
0: Very good. I like the sound of that.
1: Yeah, I thought you would do.
0: Yeah. Are we going to do that for the podcast?
1: I don't don't know. Could do if you want. Yeah, I think we should. Yeah. Yeah, I think
0: we should. Sounds interesting.
1: Does sound interesting. I was also just going to mention, because I haven't mentioned one for ages, but I've delved into uh, a cookbook that, I don't know when it came out, a long time ago, I think. Not that long ago. But um, I've been making some new recipes from it the last couple of weeks, and it's called Sweet Potato Soul by Janae Claiborne. I think that's how you say it. Let me just double check.
0: I love it when you inflect up at the end, like Ron Burgundy.
1: Yeah. Isn't that a natural thing to do?
0: Yeah, but you you do it with extra emphasis. (laughs) (laughs) you can just hear the other character in the gallery going god damn it who put the question mark on Natalie's teleprompter
1: so Janae Claiborne is the author of Sweet Potato Soul and she's also on Instagram and posts lots of lovely stuff there but I made her um she did uh cinnamon rolls but made with sweet potatoes mashed sweet potatoes so they're healthier and just have a bit more substance to them and it was super easy and they turned out really well first time great and I'm making her corn chowder for dinner tonight. Uh, but yeah, it's full of amazing. I think they were all vegan recipes. But I know I don't eat meat anyway. But it's one of those books where I don't think you'll notice that it's vegan, even though it is. Because each recipe you flip through, it's like, oh, that sounds great. That sounds so tasty. Yeah, yum. What's it called again? Sweet potato soul.
0: Nice. I want to mention a book that we did mention to Daniel Miller, but we've mm-hmm. not mentioned it in one of these. What are we reading? Kind of yeah. odds that we do. Um, and this is. Bob Cryer's book, and it's called Barry Cryer, Same Time Tomorrow, question mark, The Life and Laughs of a Comedy Legend. And it's beautifully written. In fact, I'll just show you the cover. Um,
1: Oh, uh, oh yeah, I remember seeing that.
0: Yeah? Yeah. And so I got this with some Christmas money. I had some Christmas spends, and so it was in Waterstones, and I bought this. And what's lovely about it is that it's it's like a biography written by Barry's son, Bob. Mm -hmm. But then obviously Bob's got that extra lens to view it through of kind of what he was seeing as he watched his dad grow up and and so you get all the kind of background to Barry's career if you're one of our overseas listeners Barry Cryer was one of the best joke writers this country's produced he started off as a stand up on the in the kind of mid 50s went to wrote a load of radio shows right up until his death was part of I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue on Radio 4. Um, he wrote for Morecambe and Wise. It's probably the biggest TV show that you'd know, even if you've not been in the UK. He wrote for loads of TV shows. And um, he always, Barry always, I interviewed him once on the radio, and he was just astonishingly good. First of all, he collected parrot jokes. He's got so many parrot jokes. And he always said, I don't really write jokes. He said, they're just they around, and I just grabbed them. And then I, you know, put them into something and then someone else takes it and kind of does something different with it. Um, but he did write jokes. He did. There, there were, I mean, he wrote whole sketches, really famous sketches. Uh, but what I like about this book is that um, at the end of each chapter or sometimes at the beginning of a chapter, you get one of Barry's jokes oh. just written. So I, I'm gonna, I'll have a bash at this. Um, okay. I'm, I'm sight reading this for you and I hope I do it justice. And they're all quite silly Barry Cryer's jokes. So see what you think of this. Man goes into a pub, He says to the landlord, If you give me free drinks, I will entertain your customers so much, they'll stay in here all night. So the man gets a hamster out of his pocket and he puts it on the piano and the hamster runs up and down the keyboard playing the greatest piano music anyone's ever heard. That's incredible, says the landlord. Have you got anything else? So the man gets a parrot out of his other pocket and puts the parrot on the bar. And as the hamster begins to play the piano again, the parrot sings along and the parrot sounds just like Pavarotti. Everybody in the bars amazed by this. They stay all night, drinking, buying more stuff, listening to the hamster and the parrot. The landlord's obviously delighted. Full house, everyone ringing the tills. He says, I must have these animals. Will you sell them to me? The bloke shakes his head. Oh, well, will you sell me just one of them then, says the landlord. Okay, says the fella. I'll sell you the parrot for £100. Landlord's delighted, hands over the money. Another man comes up to the fella outside and he says you're a bit of an idiot, aren't you? Selling that singing parrot for only £100. And he says, no, I'm not. The band replies, the hamster's a ventriloquist. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and What's
0: lovely about that is you don't see it coming. There. I
1: totally didn't see that coming.
0: <laughs> uh, Barry Cryer, uh, uh, the late great. Uh, the book is called Barry Cryer. And it's written by his son, Bob, and the subtitle is Same Time Tomorrow, which was one of Barry's catchphrases. And it's beautiful. It's warm. And it's kind of, you don't need to go through it. You can literally pick it up, do a chapter, put it down, read something else if you want to. But it's just a really gorgeous end of the day. If you need a laugh, there's a laugh in this book.
1: Nice. I like it. I I know that Barry died recently, um, but I saw him fairly recently too. Um, uh, He was just sitting outside a fancy hotel in London, having a cup of tea or coffee, just sitting there by himself, enjoying watching people you know, passes by and stuff, people watching. And I was going in to do an interview. And I know that my parents had kind of crossed paths with him in the uh, light entertainment world. So I kind of, I walked past and I was like, oh, he's by himself. I'll stop and say hi and just say who my parents are. And uh, he was just so nice. He was like, oh, yes, you know, say hi to them for me. You know, lovely to meet you, like shook my hand and stuff. And yeah, it was oh, just like really pleasant oh, and yeah. lovely.
0: Yeah, yeah. The, the half hour I did with him on Five Live, was one of the best half hours I've ever ever done. It was just crammed with jokes, and uh, he was also he did also have a serious side to him. He would like he would tell you about his life and about you know doing certain things, but he just instinctively was just funny, funny bones. You know, someone's got funny yeah. bones, and it yeah. just had me roaring laughing. It yeah, yeah, much missed, but treasured and preserved in this beautiful book by his son Bob
1: Ace. Well, I think that's it for what mm-hmm. we've been reading. The uh, snappily titled WWBR. <laughs> No, uh, yeah. i work Just on keep it.
0: saying it enough and it'll catch on. That's yeah. how all these things work.
1: <laughs> we'll workshop it. Mm-hmm. So bestsellers edition WWBR has been brought to you by myself, Natalie Jameson, and
0: <laughs> myself, Phil Williams.
1: <laughs> and we hope it's inspired you to pick up another book, go to your library, investigate something that you may not have thought was for you, but hopefully us wittering on has uh, changed your mind on that.
0: If you've got any books you want to recommend to us or authors that you'd like us to do on this podcast, you can get in touch, bestsellerspodcast at gmail.com, bestsellerspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can talk to us through Kofi. Which is a website set up for creatives like us where you can help us with donations as well to keep us going. ko-fi.com slash bestsellers podcast, all one word, bestsellers plural, bestsellers podcast, all one word. And you can drop us a message there and a donation as well and buy us a euphemistic coffee if you feel so inclined.
1: I was talking to one of my friends. I know we're going to shut up, uh, but I was talking to one of my friends and she was like, Oh, you're so busy like doing, you know, you got more bestsellers and like that must be doing all right. And I was like, Yeah, it's doing all right. She's like, Oh, like, I could get paid well for that. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> excuse me paid no that's like me and phil just set that up we just do it ourselves so that's why we do that we'd like to metaphorically buy us a cup of coffee because it is just uh the two of us um putting this production together as you can probably tell
0: uh, <laughs>
1: but yeah there's no um no money behind this at all there's no other production company no, or, no not at all no. it's just us um and it does take a lot of time and we do love doing it and we do love reading but yeah that's the context for Kofi-fi Fum.
0: I always, I love, I've got to tell you listening this, I, we'll get to this point where we'll go, we should mention the Kofi page. And I look at the Zoom screen and Natalie's filled with terror. Her eyes go wide and her face goes bad. she's like, please, you do it, you do it, you do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I always do it.
1: Well, you know that thing where like you've got it wrong once and then your brain cannot distinguish between which is the it right way. To, the wrong one. Yeah, which is yeah. the right way to say it and which is the wrong way. And um yeah forever it will be thus
0: that's why you're impoverished
1: I know <laughs> imagine all the co for fifis somewhere it's happening
0: there's a website somewhere called feefifofum.com that's minted <laughs> and it's all your dosh <laughs> right on that note shall we go
1: I think we shall happy reading everyone
0: next time we speak to you we'll have an author with us